Blood Moon Milk, the astrology podcast that used to happen every new and full moon to help guide you on your mindfulness, meditation, and manifestation journey. Life is a journey, and sometimes after any good journey, you need a rest. But I'm back, well-rested, I mean, well-rested kind of, but more on that in a second, and ready to get back in that dusty old astrology saddle. But before we jump into all that astro goodness that's going on, let me do a little catch up so you know what's been happening in my world since the end of last season. Yes, I took a year off from doing the show and boy, what a year. Here are the highlights. I moved. I live with my boyfriend in Grant Park now. Oh yes, I have a boyfriend. He's a lovely workaholic restaurateur who is as sweet as he can be and I've known him since I was 16. It just took us a while to actually get together. I became a caretaker for my elderly father after having found him um, after he suffered a stroke. And I spent a good portion of the last 12 months managing his affairs as a result, on top of working on a full-time job. But that job, my quote-unquote dream job, is gone. Not long ago, I got that dreaded HR phone call giving me the news I was actually leaving the hospital with my dad after he had a heart procedure. So that was a fun day. Oh, did I mention it was the same day that Pluto went retrograde in my 12th house? Good one, Pluto. Always keeping me on my toes, that one. So I've had a lot of time to think about what I want Blood Moon Milk to become. And while I took time off from being the astrology podcast girl, I realized how much I actually missed making it. Uh, I really love the creative process of making the podcast. I realize I don't know exactly what I want it to become, but I do know that I just have to follow that love and creative passion wherever I can with this project. Following that creative urge and that creative spark has only led to positive things in the past and after the ambiguity and the uncertainty of the last year and other people being in control of my destiny and my professional life and so on and so forth, I feel a lot of comfort in coming back to a project that I know and love and have control over. And I realize Sometimes things have kind of fallen through the cracks in the past, but today's a new day and I'm going to take all the things that I've learned and just try to make this as good as I possibly can um, and see where it goes. As sad as I am about losing my quote unquote dream job working for my local PBS and NPR station, I'm really excited to be able to have time to embrace my beloved blood moon milk once again. So a lot has happened in the last year and I don't have to tell you like what that is. I mean, we've all been living through this pandemic together and all the the drama and the tears and the heartbreak and the, you know, revolution it's brought with it. Uh, 
I have to say I, I felt really guilty when I wasn't working on the podcast. So like I felt like I abandoned you guys during one of the toughest times imaginable, at least in our lifetimes. But I just didn't have the bandwidth to be burning the candle at both ends and dealing with all the curveballs life was throwing me. I was spread very thin and I just needed to simplify my life a little so I could deal with all the new things that were coming my way. And they weren't exactly fun new things, but they were important all-consuming new things and when they happened I was grateful that I had preemptively pumped the brakes on this project so I didn't let anyone down in a really big way so I feel like learning to say no to myself in order so that I could be there for other people in service during really tough times uh, meant a lot to me And there simply wouldn't have been a way for me to show up in the way that this project demanded as well as being able to handle my life at the same time. So I'm sure that the last year has been brutal for many of you. And I'm sorry that I wasn't there on this journey for a little while. But just know that I'm back and you're not alone in this struggle anymore. And that because of those efforts and the time I took, my dad is on the road to recovery from his stroke and he's back living at home on his own. And most importantly, he's happy and I mean, he's relatively healthy, all things considered. One thing that has made me feel better, um during that tough time was keeping up with the daily dose emails. I have to say a very heartfelt, deep thank you from everyone who subscribed to the daily dose. There were days when that was the only thing on my to-do list because it was the only thing I had any extra time or creative energy for was writing those emails. And sorry, you might have just heard Pickle just grunting in her sleep next to me. So she's still around. She's still here. She's just snoozing. So that hasn't changed so much. But back to the Daily Dose emails. Um, Again, thank you for being a subscriber and supporting me, uh, as well as giving yourself that, that tool to be able to understand the changes that were coming at us cosmically. There were days that when I was writing those emails, they really helped to keep me in touch with myself when I didn't recognize my own life anymore. It meant so much to me that I was able to give some guidance to the most devoted of you all. And the support really meant a lot to me as well. Another thing that has brightened my days over the past year uh, has been gardening. And I'm hoping to expand on that love of gardening and combine it with astrology in a way that is just something completely new and unique um, in a project that I 
want to be able to tell you more about soon, but for now, let's just say that I'm still working on my book, Garden of Stars, and I'm filming some videos. Um, also, I'll be making appearances at the Georgia Renaissance Festival soon. If you would like an in-person reading, masks are required, of course. I'll be posting dates on the Ye Oldie Instagram at Blood Moon Milk for that coming up very soon. And I'm also opening up my appointment books for one-on-one -on -one sessions and astrology counseling. And these will be done via Zoom. And um, so if you are anywhere in the world, you can book me. You don't have to be in Atlanta. I'm working on updating the website and doing some zhuzhing. So uh, it's still there. The website's still functional and it's definitely like a good place to reach out or get in touch. But Instagram is good too. So enough rambling. I know that's not why you're here. You want to know all about that astrology goodness. So let's get to it. We are well into Taurus season, so let's set the mood with the song Taurus by Jack Spin off the Zodiacs 3 EP, which is all about the earth element. And very cool if you happen to have a lot of earth energy in your chart, or if you're just looking for some new music to vibe to. Taurus occurs May 11th at 3 p.m. at 21 degrees in the sign of Taurus. 
and the moon is exalted in the sign of Taurus. This means it is the happiest it could possibly be in the sign. New moons are all about intention setting, new beginnings, planting seeds, and starting something brand new. The new moon in Taurus is a powerful manifestation tool, so be sure to use it to your advantage. This is the ideal new moon to set intentions regarding love, marriage, and financial prosperity. Avoid trying to force changes on others during this time, and instead simply work on the things which you can control in measured, steady ways. Taurus is ruled by the planet Venus, who represents beauty, creativity, and wealth. Venus has just moved on into Gemini, which gives us a clue that social networks and communication are a key to unlocking the wealth of Venus during this Taurus new moon. Venus rules all things beautiful, romantic, creative, and financial. Green is the color of Taurus season. Green like grass in which the fields of cattle graze and lush foliage accented by beautiful flowers, but also money. There is a reason why on Wall Street the bull market is a nickname for positive growth trends. When Wall Street geeks say the bull is on the run, it means profits are running sky high, and that's just the way Venus wants it. Okay, so we know the upcoming moon. Okay, so we know the upcoming new moon will be in Taurus, but let's look at what the other planets are up to since it's been a hot minute and maybe you're not up to date on where everybody is at the party. So where are the rest of the planets now? I think it might be helpful to have a little refresher on the planets and their personalities and roles within Western astrology. So just real quick. The sun represents the ego in astrology, and the collective ego is currently in Taurus, where he is rather gentle and less provoked, and then hell hath no fury like an angry bull. This is generally a good time to put one foot in front of the other and make steady progress on work, to ground yourself in earth energy, and also to take time to revel in the finer things in life if you can afford it. However, if money is an obstacle, look for practical ways to right the ship. Mercury is in Gemini, where he loves to be. Mercury is the messenger of the gods, or universe if you will. Gemini is Mercury's home sign, which makes communication and ideas swift. This is an ideal time for observation and travel, however, Mercury will be gearing up to go retrograde next month. So, if you've been mulling over any big ticket items that are either travel-based or technology-based, such as a new car or a computer or phone, it's best to go ahead and get them in the next two weeks um, before Mercury enters his pre-shadow phase. And at that point, he'll be going retrograde next month and things will just get murky. And I don't advise buying uh, anything during the retrograde period. So you've got about two weeks to get going on that while it's safe to do so. Venus will be in Gemini for the new moon 
At the time of recording this, she's still in her home sign of Taurus, but she'll soon be moving into the sign of the twins with her little brother Mercury. When Mercury and Venus are traveling together, they tend to make business transactions easy and fun. Things just tend to flow in a nice way during this time. It's an ideal time for travel. It's an ideal time to travel for business or to cast your proverbial net wider to create more than one revenue stream. Mars. Mars is the active rebel of the zodiac who breaks free of the sun's position. He is currently in the sign of Cancer. He is the first planet who isn't tied to the position of the sun's path through the signs, so we think of him as the warrior who wants to do his own thing. While in the sign of Cancer, he's in his fall and at a disadvantage. If it feels like it's hard or difficult to really get momentum behind projects going right now, this can be part of the reason why. Mars and Cancer can be a time of big ambitions, but also thin skin. People can be extra sensitive to feedback or guidance during this time period. There's also a pronounced danger from water during the time that Mars visits Cancer, so accidents while boating, thunderstorms, flooding, drowning are all more possible and public during this time. Jupiter. Jupiter is at the tail end of Aquarius, and he's about to pop into Pisces, but Aquarians, don't worry yet. He'll be back soon, just to revisit during his retrograde phase. Jupiter is the great benefic of the Zodiac. He's the masculine god that likes to make things big and fun. He tends to expand everything he touches. While he's visiting Uranus-ruled Aquarius, he has a vested interest in the well-being of humanity as a whole, and uses technology to improve the overall condition and well-being of groups of people, large groups of people. When he initially entered into Aquarius was around the time the first vaccines for COVID were beginning to be distributed. It was just announced that President Biden is revising his plans for a return to pre-pandemic life, and I suspect that by the time Jupiter goes retrograde back through Aquarius, and enters Pisces for the final time, will be a lot more comfortable in public gatherings and seeing a lot more smiles and hopefully far fewer masks simply because they won't be necessary. That's my hope anyway. Saturn is also in Aquarius, but he's earlier on. He's at 13 degrees during the new moon, but Saturn will be in Aquarius for a couple more years, so this transit will be sticking around with us for a little while longer. This is a nice place for Saturn to hang out as he represents the stern taskmaster of the Zodiac. He will force you to learn from your mistakes in order to prepare you for future growth. He wants to make sure you can handle the gifts and the responsibilities that comes with them. So he's testing you. While in Aquarius, he tends to be pretty mild-mannered, much different than his personality while transiting through his sign that he rules of power-hungry Capricorn. 
It's a good time to take up studies concerning the arts or sciences while Saturn transits through Aquarius. Next up, we have Uranus, and he's currently in the sign of Taurus. Uranus will be in Taurus until 2026, so it's fair to say we'll be living with this influence here for a while longer. Uranus is at his fall while in Taurus, so that makes him weak and tends to make him a little on the irritable side as well. This placement can negatively affect financial markets, and if you've paid any attention to Wall Street recently, you're likely to agree. The financial indices have been up, way up, down, sideways, it just can't make up its mind who it wants to be. And as a result, it can stir up the crazies. People can do weird ass erratic things when they feel financially unstable. I think if I had to pick one crazy thing that is exemplary of this energy, it has to be the rise of digital currency. Bitcoin, Doge, coin, Ethereum, these have all risen to prominence and gained significant momentum during the time of Uranus transiting the major financial sign of Taurus. On the other end of the spectrum, we have lumber, a very earthy commodity, suddenly skyrocketing, mainly due to the pandemic and the increase in demand, but I think that it certainly exemplifies the energy behind the Uranus and Taurus transit, where things are just wildly unpredictable. Next up, we have Neptune in his home sign of Pisces, where he'll remain until 2025. So again, we'll be with this energy for a while longer. Neptune rules the subconscious, the unknown, the hidden currents of reality. He's often thought of as a higher octave of Venus because in Greek mythology, he was kind to her once. Venus was caught having an affair with Mars and they were in bed together and the the gods threw a net over the two lovers and Neptune convinced the other god to let them go. While Neptune is in his home sign, we will tend okay. While Neptune is in his home sign, he will tend to help people think profound thoughts and it's a good period to take up or expand on a meditation practice. It can heighten a desire for escapist tendencies, though, and sadly, I think this has been more evident and prominent. Um, you can, and during the pandemic, I think you could. I think that uh, a lot of people started drinking more, um, and there was also an uptick in overdoses from opiates. So while that's really sad, it is one of the negative. Uh, aspects of Neptune and Pisces is that seeking of an es it's just escapist uh, escapist tendencies and looking for a way to alter the conscious state but it's also been a good time for dreams I think a lot of people have had increased dream activity at night during the pandemic and that could be linked to a lot of things but Neptune and Pisces could be playing a role there as well. And last but certainly not least, we have Pluto. Dear old Pluto, he is still in Capricorn, of course, where he will be for a couple more years until 2024. And he's currently retrograde. Right now, he's the only planet that is retrograde and he'll be 
the only one retrograde during the new moon, but he's the slowest moving, most powerful one. Pluto represents the lord of the underworld, of death and transformation through rebirth and regeneration. While in Capricorn, he's prone to a rebellion against the established way of doing things, especially governments and the old guard in terms of authority figures. He puts an emphasis on social standing and work ethic. Let's take a quick music break. Let's listen to La Guzana Ciega, the song Venus en el Arena of the album Correspondica Interna. Stay 
That song has some of the most unexpectedly, almost raunchy and suggestive lyrics um, that I think uh, Venus would approve of. Um, if you get a chance to go look up the lyrics, if you speak Spanish or you can translate it into English, I highly recommend you do. So now that we know where all the planets are hanging out, let's talk about the energy for this particular new moon coming up. During this new moon, I suspect feelings of love and support will be prevalent. If you have recently been stressed out or struggling, then try to take comfort in knowing that help is on the way. This is a good time to reach out to your networks and ask for support. The world is magical, but it isn't always psychic, so giving a voice to your cause during this time will be extra helpful. Taurus rules the throat, and Venus's ruler is currently in the sign of Gemini, which is ruled by Mercury. And again, we talked about that a little bit earlier, but what that means is that there will be extra emphasis on communication during this new moon. So what does that mean? It means that if you ask and it's coming from the heart and you're asking people who love and know you, you're likely to be met with positive support. People want to be able to help other people. So get to making phone calls, writing emails, putting your dreams into action by telling other people exactly what those dreams are. You might not have all the details, but if you can have a sense of how you want to feel and what you might want to be doing and working on, that's the first step. Just talk about it with people and you might be surprised the kinds of doors that open up for you that you didn't even dream might have existed. Talk to people who know and love you about your dreams so you can start putting together an action plan and a path forward will start to reveal itself to you. Focus on what you can actually control. A lot of things in the world are just highly, highly uncertain these days, but I think it helps to focus on the things you actually can do or have influence over. So it's really easy to get stuck spinning our wheels about the economy or, you know, like the pandemic and in the fear hamster wheel can just get going, but at least during this new moon, try to set that fear aside just for the day. If those niggling, scary thoughts come into your mind, just accept them, accept that you've had them, say thank you, I recognize you, but today I'm going to focus on other things. And, you know, that way, like, you acknowledge the thought. You're not trying to brush it under the rug or deny that it exists. Those are real fears and concerns. They should be acknowledged. But what you choose to focus on is what you can start to shift and bring more of into your life. 
This new moon is sextile to Neptune, that higher octave of Venus who seeks to kindly point you in the right direction by giving you guidance from within your subconscious. It's a good time to relax and to seek to trust that which bubbles up to you from the ethers. Just for the day, try to gently set aside your fears, your doubts, or concerns, and focus on finding joy in just being in your own skin. Revel in your aliveness. Seek to ground yourself in earth energy. The pandemic has highlighted just how fragile we all are, but manifestation of any kind begins with gratitude. And if you're alive and able to listen to this podcast without too much concern, then I bet you have a lot to be grateful for already. I know I do. With the highly beneficial energies coming in from Neptune during this new moon, make time to work with water in some way. When Earth energy signs are healthy, they support water's flowing intuition to bring about miracles. Find a way to integrate the two elements into your meditation. It could simply be holding a handful of sand in one hand while having a small bowl of water in the other. It could be listening to the rain while taking a short walk. Do something that resonates with you that just simply incorporates those two elements. And notice what comes up for you. Notice the feeling in your your chest, your throat, your heart, your your mind, your body, your spirit while you're focusing on these elements and how they relate to each other. This new moon is also trying to Pluto. Not exactly trying, but pretty pretty close. So you can be sure that if you're making efforts, he'll show up to help you in ways that are pretty profound. It's a day when hidden truths come out and clarity over certain situations come to light. There could be some conflicts because Pluto likes a little bit of drama, but I bet if there are any, they're likely to have a big fat silver lining that is as big as like neon lights. I like to look up Sabian symbols for different astrological events, and for this new moon, the Sabian symbol- oh wait, maybe I should describe what a Sabian symbol is first. (laughs) The Sabian symbols are a set of 360 images described through phrases that correspond with each of the 360 degrees of the wheel on the zodiac, so from Aries and the first degree all the way around to Pisces in the 30th degree. And each one of these symbols holds a story and a unique energy all their own. But you don't have to use them, but it can be another tool in the toolbox, if you will. And so I looked up the Sabian symbol for this new moon, which is again, it's 21 degrees of Taurus, and it is a white dove flying straight and fearlessly over troubled waters. And I think that's 
a hopeful sign for this new beginning for all of us. And it's also, to me, it's sort of talking about exactly what we're all kind of collectively experiencing right now, as well as the transits during this new moon. Well, Sabian symbols don't have anything to do with transits between, like, transits are the relationships and angles between planets uh, in astrology. And the new moon energy is always going to be unique because of how long it takes the planets to make a trip around the zodiac. However, I, I think this one really does capture the essence of, you know, this new beginning, something that is so beautiful and pure. And we're all kind of living in a bit of a shitstorm at the moment, but we're, we're getting somewhere, right? Like there is a light at the end of this tunnel at this point. And that dove has no fear and it's like on a mission. It's just sort of divinely guided. I think it's also a good reminder that when we are intuitively guided, and we have that higher connection to self and we're on a mission, it doesn't matter what is going on in the rest of the world. What matters is where you put your focus and your energy because that's what is going to get you to safety. That makes sense. So like that white dove flying over the troubled waters, it's not affected by those waters directly unless it loses focus. That's when it becomes at risk of falling into the water. So during this full moon, just remember to focus on that which you want to bring more of into your life. That's what manifestation is. It's not brushing stuff under the rug or saying that something doesn't exist um, or shouldn't be acknowledged. It is simply feeding the things which you want to flourish. And those are, it's simply by feeding the thoughts and the attention and the intention of those thoughts. In a way, it's like gardening. And hear me out. You know, we have these seeds of ideas or dreams, if you will, and if we nurture them with our energy and our, our love and our kindness, then, and you give them the right set of circumstances, then it's far more likely that those seeds will grow up into healthy plants that can be, you know, floriferous and, and flourish. Um, and likewise, if you see that in the garden of your mind, you have a lot of weeds, a lot of negative thoughts or patterns that are ingrained or limitations, you have the opportunity then to recognize those thoughts and those patterns and weed them out, you know, be the architect of your own mind and therefore your existence. And using the new moon to help focus on bringing more love, financial stability, and creativity into your life can help you to be a better gardener in your own mind. Let's take a little music break and then we'll come back to talk more about that Taurus energy to better understand how to work with it during this new moon. This is Taurus by Saint Savior. 
the Taurus new moon for its help and blessing in our life, let's get a little refresher on the story behind the energy so we can use it better. The constellation of Taurus is one of the oldest, dating back to the Bronze Age. The red giant star of Aldebaran is 65 light years away, and it's the brightest star in the constellation, and the 14th brightest star in the sky and it's also known as Taurus's eye. Taurus is a fixed earth sign, which makes it one of the most stable energies in the zodiac. There are themes of survival, stuckness, as well as comfort seeking in the Taurus repertoire. The Taurian mind is a bit slow to arrive at conclusions. However, it's not at all because they're, un they're unintelligent, not at all. Quite the opposite, in fact, they are slow because behind the scenes, 
they tend to consider every detail of a situation. They are very particular and want to make smart choices so that when they do act, they do so with a certain amount of confidence. However, sometimes energy can get stuck because there's a lack of confidence possibly stemming from some kind of insecurity. This could be material or emotional. Many Tauruses have dealt with a lack um, and have lived through some kind of poverty at some point. And that memory is stuck with them in a deeply profound way. They often would rather do nothing rather than do something that puts them at a risk of loss. This can create a recipe for energy that simply gets stagnant and finds it difficult to overcome that inertia. But during this new moon, there's a lot of support from flowing intuitive Neptune to create gentle movement in a powerful but still positive direction for new growth and opportunities. This is great news because when Taurus energy is happy, there isn't better company to be had. When a Taurus is in high spirits, there's almost no more generous host. They will affectionately pour libations almost as freely as they laugh. They love to show off and share their beautiful belongings with select audiences, of course. Exclusivity is definitely something that appeals to a Taurus. They also have an innate sense of integrity and are great at helping others to see what the right thing to do is in the situation, particularly if they aren't directly involved and have nothing to benefit from. Because they're the first earth sign, they're deeply attuned with nature and can be great activists, farmers, gardeners, and other co-creators with the earth. They tend to be super stable, methodical, and generally calm. They also have great endurance and the ability to get a long, trudging, difficult job done that needs a thoughtful and methodical mind. So this is the personality of this new moon, which sounds exactly like the kind of ally we could all use right now. Before you get started with your new moon meditation, I urge you to take a minute to look at your natal chart and take note of what house 11 degrees in the sign of Taurus falls in. For example, in my chart, 11 degrees Taurus falls in my third house, which is the house of social networks, community, and communication. So look at your chart to understand where this new moon falls for you and where you can see new doors starting to open. Now that you're armed with that information, you can start to reflect on how you can use this to your advantage. Meditation is one of the best tools for creating real solid change in your life. And the new moon in Taurus is a powerful ally to use in that set of tools. A lot of new age stuff focuses on the full moon for manifestation. And I always say that any intention is better than none, but you'll have better luck if you're being mindful about the energies at play while working with the energies instead of swimming upstream against them. The new moon is for manifestation and just do try to make sure that you do your meditation after or as near to the time of the new moon as possible, but definitely not before. The 
moon would still be diminishing in its power before the new moon. So it's kind of like talking to a brick wall. But if you're doing it after the new moon occurs, it's like you're talking gently to someone who's waking up, asking them to guide you on their journey as they are beginning to regain strength. And six months from now, when we see that full moon in Taurus in October, we'll really get that sense of accomplishment from the internal work we're doing now. It So you're not going to see results tomorrow, likely. I mean, you could, but I like to set us up for long-term success. And Taurus likes it that way too. It likes to do things in a steady, stable way. So before you sit down to meditate, just sit down for a few minutes and jot the things that come to mind in down and like in your journal or something or on a piece of paper and contemplate how you feel about the theme of the house that 11 degrees Taurus occupies for you. So like I said, mine was in my area of community and social networks and communication. And here I am putting out a podcast again for the first time in a year. Is it a coincidence? I, I mean, I don't think so. I think the I am sort of being divinely guided in a pretty um, <laughs> traumatic way back to this work and I'm ready to do it now. Um, and I am excited about doing it, but, um, find out where that house is, what house that is for you and t- internalize it, like really think about it and then bring those thoughts with you when you sit down to meditate during the new moon. And if you'd like to incorporate crystals into your meditation, if that's your thing, then the one I suggest for this new moon is turquoise. It works both with the the throat chakra, which is ruled by Taurus, and the heart chakra, which Venus plays a huge role in, who rules Taurus. So it's great at marrying those two energies. And in both uh, Hindu and Persian cultures, Seeing turquoise and the new moon in the same moment leads to good fortune while also protecting you from evil and can increase your wealth. So if there was ever a new moon to go get your crystals out, uh, get your piece of turquoise and go outside and look at the new moon and Taurus and you know what? It doesn't hurt to try. It's not going to hurt anything. Um, so that's the stone I prescribe for working with during this new moon. Um, I also think that taking a salt bath before you meditate can be a lovely way to help shift your mindset to become more receptive and it also helps to cleanse your body of old stagnant energy. So, and in particular, I think it would be nice during this new moon because it incorporates that water element. that Neptune is bringing to the table in a really positive way during this lunation. So, uh, get with that. So if, um, you're ready to meditate and it's the new moon, here are some questions to ask yourself during your new moon meditation for mindfulness and manifestation. Are you truly open and ready for positive change? Or are you digging your heels in? 
and making yourself stuck. If you're ready for change, how can you lovingly ask for help and guidance from your community? Who can you ask? Sometimes knowing the right person is key. Have you been stubborn in some way regarding the themes of the house that your new moon falls in? For me, this new moon is in my third house, as I mentioned earlier. I have to ask myself if I have been stubbornly holding on to any grudges against anyone in my social network or community. And if so, how can I lovingly release it so that I can move forward in a positive way without that baggage? What is your heart telling you to do in regards to any troubling situations that are coming to mind? What are some down-to-earth practical solutions that you can take steps towards to stabilize any financial instability, to increase your sense of well-being in this world? So while you ask yourself these questions, try to find a quiet space and tap into your heart energy. You can physically just tap your chest and focus on the feeling of love that you carry inside yourself. That feeling of love radiates throughout you and to the people you know and love. Now imagine that as this swirling ball of pink and green energy that's like this sort of almost like a a bubble around you and imagine it just filling up with pink and green energy like it's a new fresh new rose that's blooming in your heart and imagine this rose growing in scale to come outside you like six feet in every direction and then imagine it sending out little rosettes to all the people you know and you love and send them your love even if you don't particularly (laughs) feel good about your relationship with them sending it love can create a, a bigger opportunity for cultivating that loving relationship you want Now, I'm going to say something that might sound kind of cheesy, but because we're talking about Taurus and Venus and cultivation of a more loving environment and home that we all want to live in, you know, on this planet, you got to use your main muscle. And that's the song I'm going to play you out to tonight. It's by a band called Rambler and the lead singer chase tail he's a taurus so this is main muscle but before we go i gotta say thank you to everybody who's listening i'm happy to be back so tell your friends blood moon milk is back and if you would like to support the show head over to bloodmoonmilk.com sign up for the daily dose email newsletter for a daily dose of astrology from me to keep you in the loop on the daily happenings in the universe It's only five bucks a month. It's like you're buying me a cup of coffee to tell you what's up. And a very special thanks to the talented Mr. Adam McIntyre for the theme music. Now let's uh, exercise that main muscle and I'll see you next time.
end up a tough one Maybe looking for a tussle Reading those big eyes Looking like you're ready to ride I'm feeling like I'm headed for trouble My pulse rate is beating double From my main muscle I'm talking, 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 talking about my muscle Oh, <laughs> 